Hello, and welcome to the very first ever Medical Sales Unfiltered podcast with your host, Pierre Pacini. I am so excited to go on this journey with you all and share as much information as I possibly can to help you understand what this industry is, how to get hired, understanding the different positions and sales processes, what a day in the life of different roles looks like, how much money you can really make, and everything else in between. I am here for you guys to answer your questions so that you can get an unfiltered answer to make the best decision that you can to begin your next journey. For those that are currently in the interviewing process, needing information as quickly as possible, don't forget to check out the link below where I offer my answers to 20 of the most prime interview questions and also give an additional 200 more for you to start preparing. And for the ones that are really, you know, just wanting to dive deeper, I also offer my interview checklist, my current resume, a cover letter, a brag book that also includes a 30, 60, 90 day plan in there so that you guys can start picking it apart to make it your own and get ready to own your interview. Now in today's very first podcast, I'm going to be talking about what it was like for me going through the striker interview process, what their training looked like, and if you stick around until the end, I'll also give you guys some really great information on how to increase your chances to getting hired. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the hiring process. The hiring process at Stryker in general, it was wild. I want to say it took either seven or eight interviews, and they were pretty lengthy. During the time, I was also working my other job, so I had to figure out how to essentially you know, get away and go do that interview process and not get caught while doing the interview process. So you, for the people out there that are working a job and trying to get into another role, keep that in mind. It gets a little bit stressful sometimes, especially if you have an office job. I can't imagine the people that are trying to get into some of these roles that have an office job and somebody is essentially just hanging over your shoulder and knows everything that you're doing. Good luck. I at least worked an outside role, so it was a lot easier for me to maintain, I guess, the integrity of my role and be essentially shopping at the same time. So during this interview process, the one thing that I really did not enjoy about Stryker, and you'll see this online as well, is how long the interview process takes. When you finally get into one of these uh, processes, what you're going to be doing is starting off with the recruiter. So once you have that conversation with the recruiter, they're going to then move you along to the hiring manager. How can you kind of avoid that step? We'll get to that toward the end on how to, you know, better your odds. But let's just say you put in an application online and you actually got a call and the recruiter wants to schedule an appointment with you. That's pretty good. That means at least striker in general, their hiring process is interested in what you have to offer. So they're going to schedule that with you. And it's going to be a really kind of basic understanding of who you are, why you want to join the company and telling them about your background. This is really just a formality. All companies have to go through this and everybody is going to have to use a hiring manager to 
essentially get you started and put you into that process. So don't really stress about this one. This is not the biggest factor. They might ask you in this interview how much you're expecting to get paid. That should be probably the most stressful part is you just not underselling yourself and not overselling yourself. So make sure that you have a gauge as to what the expectation would be for that role. If you're looking at an associate role, and I'll answer most of this in the sense of everybody not having experience or having just some sales experience and trying to get into an associate role, shoot for, you know, an app plan of about 60 to 85. And you can let them know that, that that's what you're interested in. And you can give them a range that they understand that you understand that range. So I wouldn't really shoot too much higher unless you have some specific backdoor channels that have answered this question for you. And they're telling you that their associate reps are on average making, let's say 90, then, you know, shoot a little bit higher. Not that if you shoot low, they're going to end up paying you lower, but it also just helps that you know what that position is worth. So make sure that you did a little bit of research, talked to somebody and moved on from there. The next part of the interview process is them scheduling you with the hiring manager. Now, this is the one that you really got to start preparing yourself for. You should have your brag book ready. You should be doing mock interviews with some friends just so that you have a better answer to the types of questions that you're going to get asked. If that is something that you are looking for, check out the link below. I have finally finished my interview questions. I answered 20 of the top questions that I get asked and how I answer them. And then there's also a plethora of extra questions down there that you can already get yourself prepared on and start looking at. On top of that, my brag book is attached to it and my resume so that you guys can get an idea of what it is that I come in with and really like your first presentation of showing who you are and how you represent yourself in that first interview that speaks a lot of volume. So you need to make sure that you are well prepared. During this interview process with the hiring manager, it can go one of two ways. Like it could be a pretty introductory one where they're just trying to gauge what it's like to talk to somebody like you, what you know about the company, and you should definitely know some stuff about the company. They're also trying to feel out like what the team dynamic is going to be if they were to add you to the team. Hopefully you've already done a little bit of research on that end as well as to who you could possibly be working with. And really they're just going to gauge your background. It's basically you going through your resume and selling yourself. You want to make sure at the end of this interview to really ask what the next steps are, if they have any reservations as to why they wouldn't move you on to those next steps so that you can answer it at that very moment. And it it really is going to just... I guess, fall into your hands at how well you did during this interview, because they're not going to necessarily ask you any product questions at this point. It would be really good for you to know some of the products that you would be selling so that at least you can have that conversation. But this is really going to just lead you to the next step, which is going to be the Gallup test. Now, the Gallup test is something that you're going to take over the phone. Um, This is... I guess, third-partied out to Gallup, and they are going to base the questions that they're asking you off of what, let's say, the top 1% of the company at Stryker or whatever company you're interviewing with has answered. So they're going to gauge your responses to how these top reps answer their responses. 
I would not suggest trying to figure out how to study for this. Don't look things up online. Really answer everything to the best of your capabilities. When it came to Striker, I guess the best bet of advice that I could give you is make sure that you're answering everything with a winning mindset. If you watch my videos or have listened to me before, you know that one of the biggest questions that I got asked while in this interview process, and it happened from three different people, was do you like winning? Uh, more or do you hate losing more? Don't miss that question. You hate losing and go into the gallop with that winning mindset. You're going to figure out what it takes to win, what you got to do to win, how you're going to hit your number. Your ultimate goal is to be number one. So just make sure that that's how you're answering the questions. And they're going to ask you some pretty, you know, tough questions, things that are based around, um, if I remember correctly, one of them was based around like theft. If you caught like one of your partners doing something or this or that. So, you know, have some integrity when it comes to answering those questions. And hopefully you already have that integrity because if not, you, you won't make it past this portion of the interview process. If you guys want me to go a little bit more into detail with the Gallup, um, I don't know if I will on that one. T to be honest, it's one of those where if you're not passing that step. It's not necessarily because of who you are. It's just the way that they set up the questions and how the people in the company already answered those questions. So don't, don't take it too much to heart, but really it's, it's about gaming the system. So I, I highly encourage you to not study for it. Just do what you got to do to get ready it like mentally to answer the questions to your best capabilities, because it's, it's like, I'm talking to you right now. You're not, it's not like you're writing anything down. The, the proctor is going to ask you a question, then they're going to go silent and you answer the question. And then they'll tell you, is that it? Is that all you want to say? Something like that. And then you say, yeah, onto the next question or if you want to reiterate something, you can reiterate something. Again, at this point, I would suggest stick to your answer. Don't try to backpedal or anything. Just go with what you're, what you're feeling. After that process, then you'll have another interview, most likely with the hiring manager again. At this point, maybe they reached out to you and they're going to check to see how well you are at being a quick study. And they're going to tell you maybe one type of surgery to look up with their type of product because you can go online uh, to any of these medical companies and look at the protocols on how to use their equipment. So they're going to ask you, hey, uh, we're going to have an interview, you know, on Thursday and today might be Monday or it could be Tuesday. And they want to see how quick you can essentially look up that information, digest it, understand it. And then you're going to go into this interview and they're going to ask you surgical questions and they're going to basically act like they're the physician and they're needing something or the scrub tech and they need something and you need to be able to answer those questions. Don't listen to the manager when they say don't reach out to anybody. I made that mistake, and luckily for me, I, I'm a pretty quick study, and at the same time, like anatomy and physiology and stuff is, is my background, so I was able to understand what I was looking at and be able to answer the questions, but reach out to a rep. If you are in this interview process and you're getting to this point and they want you to go over a surgical procedure, reach out to a rep and see how they answer those questions because 
That is what they're looking for. They want to see that you understand the process that you're able to, like I said, digest that information, but use your resources. Even though they say don't reach out to somebody, why would you not reach out to somebody? You are a resourceful person, so make sure to do what you can to better yourself and do the best that you can within this interview process. The next interview. Yes, this is why a lot of people do not enjoy interviewing with companies like this. And you can find articles of companies like this losing out on really good reps. And, you know, you never know. It's a guess as to how great that rep is going to be. But if you're pretty good at what you do, this is not the only interview that you're doing. So you're also interviewing with other companies. And if you can get to the end of the interview process with somebody else and get the offer that you're looking for, a lot of times these companies that have five, six, seven interviews before they decide to extend an offer miss out. And um, so I wanted you to just kind of keep that in mind because the, the interview process can can take a while. It can take a couple of months. And it really is just how quickly they're looking to backfill that role. So if this is if you're putting all your eggs in this one basket and you are currently not working a job or you are working a job, just know that one, it could take a while. So don't start sucking at the job that you have so that you don't lose it Two, don't put all your eggs in this basket. Make sure that you're interviewing with multiple companies so that you can leverage the opportunities that you have with a certain company to either move a process on faster um, or, you know, hold it in your back pocket. So understand that the interview process will take a while with Stryker. They enjoy you know, putting you around the ringer and essentially having you meet everybody. And it's kind of strange. I just don't understand why the hiring manager and let's say their manager can't just make a decision. They, They want you to meet the hiring manager's manager. So like, let's call them a director. And then from the director, they want you to meet the VP. Then they're going to go to a different industry and have you meet with another manager or another director. And sometimes it could be a panel interview with two of them or maybe three of them. And I want to say it has a lot to do with the culture. They just want to make sure that you fit within their culture. But, um, I mean, I've never been a manager at this company, so I don't know if like they just don't trust their managers, but, um, I would assume that at least a manager and a director could really determine whether or not you fit the culture instead of you having to interview with so many different people, but you know, it is what it is. So you got to go through the process if that's who you want to go and work for. So let's say you get through everything and you get that offer. The next question that I was getting asked is, could you explain the guarantee a little bit better? Because I kind of just jumped through it when it came to uh, going over my pay. So a guarantee is exactly what it sounds like. They're going to pay you a certain amount whether you hit your number or not. And a lot of companies will do this even for associate new hires because they understand that at a certain point you're going to be in that learning curve and it's not like you're going to be making sales. So if you're in a role, an associate role where you actually have a number over your head, most likely when you get hired, you're going to get offered a guarantee. If you are not coming in as an associate and you're coming in as, let's say, a junior rep or a full line rep, a lot of times this is almost just a given that you're going to get a guarantee because the learning process of these roles take time. And if you're going to, you know, start seeing some really low checks for whatever reason, like you could immediately start feeling discouraged and start looking for another role. And they want to discourage that. They want you to focus on what it is that you need to focus, which is learning the product and getting in with the physician so that you can 
upsell and sell more products. So if they're not offering you a guarantee, I would at least try and negotiate for one. I don't think it'd really be that hard. And um, they range anywhere between three, six, nine, 12 months. I've heard of some people having like two year guarantees. Now that's not for, you know, a device company that would be probably more for a startup. But, you know, just know that those are options that are out there, especially if you're a rep that's already making money with another company. And like me, I was taking a pay cut. It was one of the things that I was requesting and, uh, interviewing other people and other friends that work for striker and similar companies. It's, it's kind of like a standard across the board. So don't think that you don't deserve one or anything like that. Just make sure that you, it's something that you're asking because, Hey, if it's out there and they're able to give it to you, why not take it? If you're not asking for it and it was an option for somebody that asked, then you didn't get it. I mean, I guess that's kind of on you. Again, this is all about how much you prepare for the interview process and then getting that job offer and everything. The next piece uh, of question that I was getting asked is what is the training like? The training is very hands-on. It is you and your partners and you going in and just getting thrown to the wolves. You you got to learn as fast as you can. When you're not working, you are studying your product. You are uh, I mean, living and breathing it for the first few months. And there, there's for good reason, because again, when I, when I say this, I, I stress it, patients depend on you. It, it sounds corny. And if you think that that's corny, then probably this isn't the field for you to get into, but patients really do depend on you. Your knowledge of your product is why you are in the OR in the first place or why you are, um, let's say for me in the biopharma division, why am I talking about the product that I have and educating on it? If I don't believe in my product and I'm not doing this for the patients, then why am it? Why am I in this industry? So you don't, don't find that corny. Like the, these patients, everything matters. Every little thing that you do matters. So make sure that you are studying as often as you can and you're asking as many questions as you can because if you're not asking the right questions while you're going through training, then you're going to get asked that question while you're not in training anymore and while you don't have, like, let's say you're seeing your rep next to you and you're going to look like a moron in the OR, you're going to look like a moron to your physician and the staff that's there, and then your senior rep is going to ask you why you didn't ask that question in the first place. So make sure that you are trying to understand what can go wrong, what will go wrong and different things like that. I know it's extremely difficult to, I mean, I went through it. It was hard for me to, to try to think of questions to ask. So I think having a really good trainer on top of that is helpful. But for me, I didn't go to the actual, let's say, uh, national training until almost a year into my role. Uh, maybe that's a little bit pushing it, maybe like nine months into my role. So I was out selling product covering cases and things like that nine months before I even went through some formal training. So with that being said, there's two expectations to everything. If you're that person that the territory really needs you and you, they're going to have you selling, you know, for nine months before you get in to the actual national training, then you need to learn quickly and you need to do what you can do to understand the product that you are selling. Then when you actually go to training, they expect you to be number one because you've had time to sell the product. You better understand that product and you better do a lot better than somebody that has only been with the company for about a month and got to go do the national training within their first month. The next thing about that is 
it's everybody likes to explain it. It's like trying to take a drink out of uh, like a running fire hose. It's it's just coming right at you. So I would agree with that. It's a lot of stuff to learn like at a very quick pace, but people can do it. You don't need to have a background in medicine, medical terminology, physiology, any of that kind of stuff. You could be a dance major for any like you could do you could be whatever you want to be prior to getting into this role and be successful in this role. It's about how much you're going to put into it. So the training, um, it could be good or bad. It really just depends on who your senior rep is and how quickly they have a national training coming up because it, they're not going to just send, you know, one or two reps that they hired to a national training. This costs money. It costs them to have a trainer there and different things like that. So they're going to make sure that they get the most out of, uh, the hires across the entire country. So keep that in mind. Um, if you can study, study and study whenever you're not doing uh, everything uh, that a, you know, an associate grunt is going to be doing, which let me kind of jump into that for just, you know, like less than a minute, because a lot of people don't understand what an associate role is. An associate role is you literally just doing whatever your senior rep is asking you to do. And that means you're probably the first person up going and picking up sets and meeting your your partner at a case. You're the last person working because you're picking up the sets that you use for that day after they got cleaned and restocking them, getting them wrapped and taking them to, you know, whatever next facility that it needs to go to. So you are the grunt. You do all of the grunt work. Now, if you work for a really great team, everybody kind of shares that grunt work, but the, the worst things like the super far out, uh, cases that need some stuff dropped off. And, you know, as a senior rep, you don't want to have to be the one to drive out there. They're going to send the associate. So keep that in mind. That is what the associate role is. You, are there to learn, but you're also there to do all the grunt work. And this now takes me into how to better your odds to get that grunt role. And if you guys are still here, you guys are awesome. Thank you for listening. And you know, if you haven't already hit that like, and if you're on the podcast, then you'd leave a comment or a review. That would be wonderful. So Let's jump into how to better your odds into getting into this industry. I've touched on this before, uh, but I'll touch on it again. And the best way to get in, because this is still something that everybody comes out and you know out of the woodwork to find me on LinkedIn or somewhere, Facebook, Instagram, they ask like, what what do I need to do? I've gone through you know, applying to all these roles and I keep getting denied, et cetera, et cetera. Like, what can I do to, to get to that next step? And I always say, do you know any of the reps that are working for that company in the division that you were applying for? If you can't answer that question, then you're not doing enough. You need to network. You need to figure out who is running that role, whose associate you're going to be, and reach out to that person, offer them lunch, offer them dinner, coffee, anything, get some insight. If you guys get to meet up and your personalities, you know, mesh well, that's wonderful because then that person will do what they can to possibly help you get moved to the top of the stack. And if you can get that, that is, you know, a golden ticket essentially on, on, 
at least getting into that interview process and selling yourself. The next bit is figuring out who their manager is. And if you can do that, you're also then going to figure out who that person's manager is. Like you want to work your way up the chain. Other people talk about this all the time and I can't, you know, agree with them enough. You want to know as many people as you can, or at least you're, you're building your own brand. So if you're reaching out to the manager and then the manager's manager and then the VP, this and that, like your name is cycling through these people. And if you can get into that interview process and one of these managers is talking to, let's say they're supervising, they're like, oh yeah. Um, so, you know, what interviews do you have coming up? Oh, so I've got, you know, I got John, Jane and, uh, this guy named Pierre and they're like, wait, Pierre. Yeah. Hey, that guy reached out to me. So uh, have you had a conversation with him yet? And then, you know, from that point, you they just validated you a little bit because they know who you are. So that's that's an amazing asset to have. You need to make sure that you're reaching out to everybody because if, if you build your brand right, you're going to have people advocating for you without you even asking them to advocate for you just because it's showing how much you're, you're going to do like legwork to, to figure things out. And a lot of this process is about follow-up. If they don't answer your message, like let's say you, you reach out to the VP and he doesn't answer your message, a follow-up message They're ch- Sometimes like it's a, it's a chess game and they're checking to see what your next move is. And if you didn't follow up, it goes to show that you have initiative, but you don't have follow through. So if you follow up with those people, they might eventually say something like, Hey, you know what? That's out of, that, that's out of my hands because I let my managers make the decisions on who they're hiring. Um, but you know what? I'll send them a message to let them know that you and I, you know, communicated or that you contacted me or this or that. So you're building your brand. The next piece that I would highly suggest that you're doing is not putting all your eggs in that one basket. So look for all opportunities across all different divisions, all different companies, and do that same thing. Figure out who the rep is, figure out who the manager is, and work your way backwards and forwards. Because the more people that you're talking to and the more people that you continue to follow up with, it might lead to somebody else. Hey, you know what? I don't have an opening on my team, but you know, Tom over here might have an opening. They're looking for an associate. Let me reach out and see what's up. And that again helps. You're building your brand. They're telling people about you for you. So when I get asked, you know, how can you better your odds? That is by far the best way that you're going to better your odds because this industry is not about getting on, let's say LinkedIn and, and applying for the LinkedIn role that, that popped up on the job board. It is not about going to medreps.com and, and going through that job board. It is about having somebody within the organization already putting you at the top of the list. That's how I've gotten most of my positions and that's how a lot of people get their roles and you shouldn't be missing that boat. So I hope you guys thoroughly enjoyed this information. The video ran a little bit longer than expected. The podcast, I guess you could say, is right at where people are, you know, enjoying it. Hopefully, I don't know. Leave some comments. Let me know. This is the first time I'm formatting it this way. Uh, Keep the questions coming. And until the next one, guys, I am Pierre and I'm excited to help you guys out. So until the next one.